Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My next guest is Dr. Cedric McFadden. He's a popular TV medical contributor for Black Health. He's a Black Health advocate and assistant professor of surgery. Dr. McFadden graduated with honors, which is something I did too, from Xavier University of Louisiana in New Orleans, down in that good food country, and, named, <laughs> and earned his medical degree from Temple University School of Medicine in Philadelphia. Another great eating place as well. And man loves to eat, I think, because now he's based in South Carolina. Today, we'll be talking to him about vaccines, variants, masking, reinfections, antibodies, and coping with the loss of the coping with loss and isolation. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Dr. Cedric McFadden. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be one of your guests. Well, thank you, because I, I when I look at my medical history, sir, you know, um, in 1990, you know, I, I always thought I was a guy who could, like, um, heal himself. You know, if I if I got a cold, I'd just go outside and play basketball, yeah. just sweat it out of me. You know what I'm saying? And then, then in 1990, my lung collapsed, and I stayed in the hospital for 30 days. So that was the first uh, uh, touch of immortality. I couldn't live forever. <laughs> Tapped into my life. Because I checked out of the hospital about three times, and every time they said, we got to bring you back, we don't know what's wrong with you. And then in 2015, I, 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 I was diagnosed with cancer. And you know yourself doctor, when you tell somebody they have cancer, they life, my life did flash, you know, and it was, it was a sudden sense of reality. They didn't even told me anything about it was, uh, it was curable. They just, all I heard was cancer and it was tied to me and my body. And, uh, it was turned out to be thyroid cancer. And uh, that was another surgical scar that was around my 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 neck and they removed that and and uh, burnt the cancer out of me. You know, it was 2015. I'm still every year I go through checks. And then recently I had a sweat gland tumor that uh, removed from the back of my head. And so I got a scar here, scar here, scar around my back. Now these are vis- physical scars. The pandemic a lot of left a lot of emotional scars tied to isolation. Talk to us about that. 
Well, you're absolutely right. I think one of the scars and the challenges that people experienced after COVID, even during the pandemic, was sort of that feeling of being alone. Whether that be you're stuck in the house, can't go out to work, you're not interacting with your normal social circle. That's hard on a lot of people. And it's, it's hard because we're used to having time together with our family. We're used to having family reunions, having dinners at church. And we stopped all of that. And that creates, you know, a scar. You, you, you talk about, you know, what creates a scar initially. It's, it's the trauma. It's the, it's the injury to this tissue, to the cells that then leads to, as it's healed, a residual presence. And often we're seeing even now that we're, you know, getting to a different phase of the pandemic, you might say, uh, there's residual. There's residual anxiety, uh, whether it be just re-entering back into normal life, if there ever will be such a thing. Um, but often we're still finding challenges with, you know, how our churches can come back together again. That's a scar, right? Mm -hmm. How our students can come back together and play football. That's mm -hmm. a scar. Mm -hmm. And how we make our lives continue despite the scar. So still real, uh, you know, a, a present you know, effect with this all that we're going to have to continue to work through and follow kind of our science and, and making sure we're taking care of ourselves at the same time. You know, when you talk about being a black health advocate, you know, you know, I, I we know black people, We're notorious bad eaters, fried food is our friend, you know, uh, the high cholesterol is the silent killer in the black community. And uh, but now we're talking about mental health, too, which falls into your genre because you have to deal with that. And black people are starting to admit they have mental issues that need to be which is a good thing. handled. It's correct? A good thing. Why do you think that finally? Black people are saying we have problems and we need to discuss them openly. I think we, we've come to a place where we recognize that you can't ignore it. I mean, 2020 was a tough year. Mm -hmm. And we, it was rem reminiscent of what we saw, you know, from videos from the 60s or the civil rights movement, where you can't ignore the in-your-face uh, you know, graphic um, images of what's happening in front of us. And I think we got to a collective place, not only Blacks, but all of America, that you know, we were having to deal with the trauma of it all. I, I think we also understood more that we've had people who look like myself right. who've been able to talk with uh, media and talk with churches and schools and to open the door for the conversation about mental health, especially in person of color, Blacks, and having you know celebrities and having people come forth talking about their troubles and having pastors be open about their struggles. We've understood that we all experience, we all have challenges when it comes down to our mental health. We all have to find resolution and active processes to help us move beyond it. Um, it's a welcome sight. Um, you can't continue to push toward uh, greatness if you're often mentally pushing back years of stress and abuse and challenges. And so it's going to help us become stronger. It's going to help us become better when we do push forward and push beyond that. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. 
Dr. McFadden, you know, here's the thing. You know, you're a health contributor, and everything tends to come back at your doorstep, okay? And we are uh, the African-American and the brown community. We are a community of deniers. You know, we deny the gay community. Guess what? We lead in AIDS infection. We deny our health habits. We lead in COVID deaths. You know what I'm saying? We we know we deny that we need mental health. We lead in stress-related illnesses. Deny, deny, deny. How can we stop denying and then, which in turn will cause us to live a healthier life? Starting with the gay community. Yeah. I mean, it starts by first um, acknowledging acknowledging that there are problems. Mm-hmm. Even though you see these problems, if you don't acknowledge that it exists, you'll never accept and then work toward activating a solution for that problem. Mm-hmm. So we have to first acknowledge and then we have to address. It's a two-part thing. Um, you know, churches say all the time, you have to acknowledge your sinner and then move beyond it. Um, we have to acknowledge the fact that we do have eating habits, as you mentioned, that aren't healthy. We have to acknowledge that we have certain behaviors, whether it be substance abuse, alcohol, tobacco, Mm -hmm. that are killing us. We have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, we've had challenges in getting, you know, the health care that we need over the years Mm -hmm. because of systemic racism. And the burden's not Mm -hmm. placed solely on African-Americans. I mean, as a medical profession, we have to acknowledge the years of systemic racism Mm -hmm. that has helped. Um, kind of continue some of those cycles of disparity. Right. Um, and so we all have our work to do, uh, but we also have to take the ownership and move forward with our own progress. Well, you know, the, it, it, the, thank you for that response. And I, and I guess it upsets me because of the fact that we are such a proud race. And when I, and when I see us leading in negative stats, when I see those leading in age deaths, and then, you know, it just only makes us overall as a race look 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 inefficient, look defective in other ways. When we use when you know, I don't when COVID when they started listing COVID deaths, and then early on it was like three out of ten people who were dying were black, or some states, some cities was six out of ten. That that was that's not a stat you want to lead in. But it all goes back to our, our, our eating habits and how we live our lives daily or also the communities that we also live in, correct? Well, uh, it's, it's a combination of, of things. It's, it's certainly, you know, your, your body's uh, ability to handle an infection like COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you have to be healthy, right? I mean, so if you're already obese, if you have comorbidities, that's certainly going to make it harder for you to fight uh, something like COVID. Uh, but as we see with not only COVID, we see with cancers, prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, heart disease, we, we, we see a pattern that exists where there is disparity in outcomes, where Blacks are more likely to die from many of these illnesses compared to their white counterparts. Right. Not all of that is genetics. Not all of that is eating well. Some of it's just disparity that's caused from sort of social determinants of how well we have access to care. Not only care, but how often we have access to good medical care. So it's a combination of a lot of these other factors. It's not exactly that we're just eating poorly. It's not exactly that we made bad choices. It's the collective of all of those things that creates a narrative that 
you know, displays the disparity in health and outcomes. Now, you know, the thing about media, media doesn't help, you know, when because now if you think about it, like, for instance, recently, uh, President Biden, he had COVID and I think his wife has COVID as well because he had a double positive test and now he's out. But now if you if you listen to the media, nobody's dying from COVID and we know that's not true. But when it was when it was media savvy to lead with that story, it was all over the news. How do you think the role of how the COVID situation, especially when it comes to death, should be communicated in the news? Should it stay at the top of the story saying, hey, or or it doesn't matter because it's all about TV ratings? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a very difficult question to answer because there, there are several layers of that, right? I mean, there's the pressing news of what's happened that day mm-hmm. that takes precedence often over what's happened two, three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the similar effect of when you're celebrating breast cancer awareness month, it doesn't mean that people aren't dying from colorectal cancer. Right. It means that we're in a light to it at this point, but there's this undercurrent of a, of a, of a story that's always present. Right. Um, and I think that's where we in the community have to do our part. Listen, it's like when you go to church, mm-hmm. and I'll say that, it's like, or you go to school, or wherever the, the lessons are being taught, mm-hmm. that's not where the real work is done. The real work is done on a daily basis. It's a minute by minute. It's what we do in our communities. It's what we do in our homes. It's what we do in our places of work. And so we can certainly take the lead from what we see in media as sort of the highlight of what's happening. But there's real work that's happening every day across this country, every hospital, every doctor's office, every home where what we know is happening needs to be dealt with and addressed. Talking to Dr. Cedric McFadden, a popular TV medical contributor, black health advocate and assistant professor of surgery. Um, so I, I assume based on that response, not saying it's directly from you or how America is handling that we know people die from the flu. You know, it's not being reported. So same thing is happening basically with COVID. People are out there dying of COVID. It's just not being reported. But they, I'm a person who's double vaxxed. I'm a person who wears his mask, especially on the plane, sir. I will have my mask on. When I go through the airport, I'll be, on, I'll be flying tomorrow. It'll be people walking around <laughs> like, whoa, okay, I don't know none of y'all people. I don't know where you come from. Okay, y'all just breathing. I've got my mask on. What are your thoughts when you see that? Am I being overly health conscious or am I doing the right thing based on how I should treat my mental health and my body? Well, you know, we all have been there, right? You're, you're in the store, you're, you're wearing a mask, other folks aren't wearing a mask. Um, I do think it's the responsibility of us to take care of not only ourselves, but the people that are around us. Mm-hmm. And I've so folks folks that that means wearing a mask, that means wearing a mask, um, even if it's in the airport, even if it's in churches uh, or schools. I do think that as we have seen more people like yourself getting double vax, getting your boosters and, and following up on symptoms and doing our personal responsibility, it does make us feel like, okay, we're in a safer spot. Uh, and in some ways, there's some truth to that, but we still have a responsibility in places where we don't know the, the uh, health of the people that we're around. You know, when these large public settings, it's a different group than if 
we're in sort of the confines of our home or our employment where we know the people that we're around. So I don't think that you're being unreasonable and I don't <laughs> think that you uh, should feel completely out of place because again, you're doing what is right, especially making sure you're taking care of your own health and taking care of the people that are around you as well. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting, you know, uh, yeah, you know, the medical community is will never be the same since COVID because you know you because now you know you Zoom. I've my doctor said that we don't have to meet. Uh, we can meet yeah. via Zoom. I said okay, yeah. all righty. You know, before that, there's ever been blasphemy. That have been you don't do yeah. medical you don't do medical care like that. That's horrific. But now the rules have changed. Doctor, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, they they have changed. But even in our own. Practice. I mean, I, I've always, you know, we, we've, we've talked in the past before COVID about the availability of doing telemedicine. Yes. And as a, as, as a surgeon, I think there's no way that a surgeon can do a visit that way. Mm-hmm. And we know that's not the case. Now, there's certain visits you can't do, but there are definitely some conversations that we can have through this medium. And I think it's like using the tools that we have to our advantage. And then coming back to say, how can we continue to use these tools to maximize patient care and to maximize the availability of people to come see us and to get the care they need, even if they can't physically come see us? So I think it's still going to be a part of what we do, to what degree that's going to be left to see. But you know, I've also welcomed it and I enjoy having this conversation over virtual care or over the virtual platform with my patients. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations 
questions that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. We well, you know, I know it's not going anywhere, but this is what my takeaway, because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, you get more and more care and you care more by mm-hmm. living longer as you get older. You, the yeah. Young people who listen to this podcast or this radio show, you'll, you'll find that early in life. You don't care. As you get older, you try to extend the years because, because yes. you can, you know, like I say, you know, when you, when you're 18, you say the word 50, woo, that's a long way away. But when you say it at 40, it's, it's right around the corner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, and so the thing that uh, I'll just tell you, share a story with you. Like when I when I was diagnosed with uh, thyroid cancer, um, I, I every year I have a I, I have a doctor at Emory, and I say nothing negative about Emory, but uh, he missed it, and uh, and he and and then I when I go to my annual dental appointment, they they missed it, and the person who found it was a person who was doing my blood test. They just asked me to to to. Um, touch, feel around my neck. And he said, can we do a biopsy? And biopsy came back cancerous. And so what I, what my takeaway from the, the reason those two other people missed it was that I was casual in my conversation. You know, in other words, when you meet people and you know them, they'll ask you questions and you go, and you, and, well, a stranger, that's, a, that's who she was. I, I didn't know who she was. She started asking me probably the same question. I just spoke differently. Wasn't laughing around. Wasn't joking around about having a great day or thinking about leaving as soon as it's in. And what I've learned in the Zoom calls, and this is anybody who's talking to a medical professional, slow it down. Don't, Zoom the, don't do the Zoom call because you want to get it out the way. Don't do the Zoom call because you're in a hurry. Listen to what the doctor is saying because that disconnect can be dangerous because you haven't made an effort to make that happen. It's just turned on a switch, Wi-Fi, you're there. Am I right? Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's still a real medical business. It's yes. still a time to hear about the problems you're having and also to hear about potential solutions mm-hmm. to those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a quick note to make sure that you do that is before you get on the call, write down the things that are your, that are on your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, write down some key questions mm-hmm. because you can sometimes forget the things that you want to say mm-hmm. if you don't have them written, especially in front of a doctor or someone that you're going to be kind of going through it fairly quickly. Uh, have a piece of paper and have those key concerns that you have and it's okay to even jot down notes during that visit as well. Mm-hmm. Now, when you hear the, when I hear the title of Dr. McFadden, Black Health Advocate, you know, you, you've heard me. I, I, I don't know if I have a health issue other than life. You live a long life, things are going to happen. You know, I'm not a drinker of alcohol. I don't smoke. So these are just things that just happened in my life, part of my metabolism. Mm-hmm. When you say Black Health Advocate, Dr. McFadden, what does that mean? Well, for, for me, I immediately think about everyone in my family, and particularly my, my grandmother, um, that had health problems that would go to the doctor. Um, and often she would leave the doctor, I don't really think, understanding exactly what was related to her. And not having 
um, an immediate person or even her own ability to advocate, fight, question, second guess, come back around uh, to clarify um, information that's been presented. So when I say Black health advocate, I'm primarily referring to someone who's going to speak up, ask the questions, ask the questions again, ask them in a different way, and not necessarily saying we're driving for a certain answer, but we're providing clarity. We want clarity because we need decisions to be made in a space that's, that's, um, that's fully comprehended. You know, you don't want to make a decision that's uneven. And so you make that decision based on fully understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'd like for people to do is to understand the health problems that they face so that they can make better decisions about the care they need to receive. Cool. Now, you went to school down in Louisiana, school called I Xavier. I did. Come on now. I did a great time. Come on now. Great time. I was, so I, yeah. I'm born in Houston, Texas. Okay. okay. I-10 West. Yeah. My, my, my boys, uh, my best man in the wedding, he's from New Orleans, went to high school, St. Mm-hmm. All. So I've been down to New Orleans a lot. Tell us about yeah. your college life, man, because I'm sure it was a lot of fun, but also tied to great education and black excellence. Talk to us. It did. And, and, and I'm, I'm just honored to have that experience of being at an HBCU like Xavier University. You know, I initially planned to attend a different university um, that was not at HBCU. And toward the middle of my senior high school, Teachers. I had a teacher that reached out and said, you should check out the school about Xavier, called Xavier. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never been to New Orleans. I knew nothing about it. But the presentation, at least from the news report, was about their history in helping Blacks get into medical school, preparing mm-hmm. them properly. Wow. Xavier's been a leader mm-hmm. for years, for decades, in preparing African-American students into medical school. Mm-hmm. And I knew then I wanted to become a doctor. And so that's kind of what led me to even get to Xavier. Mm-hmm. And I fully took advantage of all the things at Xavier, from the you know, pre-med society, the student government, to dealing with different activities on campus. And it was really a great time to explore um, more about you know, culture in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was grateful to have the experience of being at a church mm-hmm. in the Lower Ninth Ward. And, and, and had a chance to interact very intimately, very closely with members of the community and, and to learn about their experiences and to be able to give back to them. So I, it, was, it was one of the most you know, fabulous four years of my life. And, and I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Wow. You know, I, I look at, I say black excellence when I talk about HBCUs. I didn't attend an HBCU. I'm an advocate of HBCUs. Uh, my company and uh, my brand and uh, my brand association. In fact, one of my nieces, she's going down to Prairie View and I'm very proud of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this fall, she'll be enrolling into an HBCU. But when you look at the, 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 the like you just said, people don't know. What you don't know can hurt you. And the success and the academic success, especially of HBCUs, if you had somebody listening to this, who's listening to the show, who don't know, what tiny secret or what secret of brand awareness that you'd like to bring to the table that people should know about HBCUs, especially the one you attended? Yeah, it is a is a hotbed of just excellence, you know, from people around the country, around the world who recognize that and come together in a space. I mean, going through sort of pre-med track, it was it was nothing uncommon for us to all be studying together mm-hmm. in, a, in a library setting. And you have 
you know, people who've been through the classes before, who reach back out and kind of help you get through with what you're getting through. Um, it was just nothing like it. Um, I grew up in the in the day watching a different world, and while we didn't have a Dwayne, Dwayne or Whitley Gilbert, mm-hmm. it was very similar. That sort of collegiality, <laughs> that sort of camaraderie. It was it was it was phenomenal space, and um, I didn't pledge in in in, in college. Um, because I felt like I had so many other brothers around. Right. I mm-hmm. didn't even feel like there was anything lacking right. to want mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. it was just commonplace. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Dr. Cedric McFadden, uh, I, I want you to come back. You know, I think that what I try to do on my show is provide information. Um, you, you didn't dodge any of my questions, not the questions you should dodge. But yeah. some people, but there's a clear understanding that more and more in our community need to have advocates like you need to have a place where they can go and get the information that's like they're spoon-fed to them, not just shoved down their throat. Yeah. And not yeah. when it's too late, but early in the game, because pre-care is the, really the precursor to good care. Correct. And I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. And don't make this your last visit, Dr. Cedric McFadden. Listen, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We talk soon, Mr. HBCU grad, Xavier University. We talk about gumbo later on. <laughs> Thanks, <you. laughs>